Hardware and Garden Stores. <laughs> Do it. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1054, April 11th, 2023. We won't top the record today. Tomorrow. The record today is 83 degrees on two occasions, 1890 and 1968. It was 12 degrees in 1940. It was a very popular ice out day. Minnetonka went out on this day in 1892, 1948, 1958, 1994. And White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1932, 1955, 1958. Ready for the show by the time he's done with these damn things. 1963, 1977, 2003, and 2009. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Joe, I was listening to the council stream the other day and also multitasking, but I am pretty sure I heard you say that you wanted to include all pond ice outs and any other bodies That's of true. water. Yes. No, I, I know you GLers love to have your fun with the old mirror. I want to report ice out on my bird bath occurred on <laughs> occurred on April second. As this is a heated bird bath, I could only assume weather extremes due to global warming caused my bird bath to freeze over and then melt open. After I reset the circuit breaker for my outside outlet, I realized I had fixed global warming without any government funding. Always enjoy the show. The other day I thought it was uh, weird until Rookie told his recent Wisconsin vacation story. Thanks, Randy. We're up to bird baths now. I'm not doing ponds and I'm not doing bird baths. Hey, kids. I stirred them up with my pond is almost close to ice out conditions. Earth, when is is Earth Day? The 22nd. 22nd. Okay, that's uh, when? What day? Next week. Saturday, uh, Saturday, Saturday of next week. Oh, a week from this Saturday. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to give the kids a preview. Uh, by kids, I mean kids in uh, grade school and high school. Uh, by the time you're in the failed academy, the hell with you. It's too late. You're done. You're at a failed academy. Uh, you kids are be going. Uh, if you haven't already, you will be hearing a lot of prep work building up to Earth Day. Earth. You will hear of the catastrophes and the calamities and the hysteria about how the world is ending. And it's a shame that you kids have to put up with this. I'm going to give you some ammunition. These are 18 spectacularly wrong predictions. Is this different from your billboard? Some of these are new. Okay. Uh, These predictions were made around the time of the first Earth Day in 1970. And... uh, uh, I must admit, I was on board. Sure. As a long-haired hippie nutcase, <laughs> I bought into the whole BS. What did Royce call you? A Nixon-hating lefty. Yeah. But <laughs> I... 
saw the light yes. at some point This would be life. in the era when you maybe left a message for the IRS implying what act they should do to themselves. Right. Okay. Right. I don't do still, that anymore. You still you leave that? that? I, 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 I won't do that anymore. How'd that work out for you? I you got audited. audited the next year. Mm. <laughs> well, you jackass. I know, Jesus. but I was really stupid. But here, kids, here kids. I'm, but I'm better now. Yes. But I remember how dumb I used to be. No. I'm better now. This is, uh, uh, who's this from? Well, whatever, it's true. I looked it up. Uh, written by Mark Peary. This is, uh, these are things, kids, to keep in mind. Uh, Harvard biologist George Wald, this is around 1970. Okay. Estimated that civilization would end within 15 or 30 years. That would be by the year 2000, unless immediate action was taken against problems facing mankind. Okay, we're still here, kids. That's uh, pretty dire tell. prediction, too. That's a pretty dire and direct prediction. We are in an environment crisis that threatens the survival of the nation and of the world as a suitable place for human habitation, wrote Washington University biologist Barry Commoner in the Earth Day issue of the scholarly journal Environment. Well, Barry Commoner was wrong, kids. The day after the first Earth Day, the New York Times editorial page warned, man must stop pollution and conserve his resources, not merely to enhance existence, but to save the race from intolerable deterioration and possible extinction. That didn't happen, kids. Although it's very wise counsel to not pollute, and it's very wise counsel to conserve resources. Yeah, it's not, it's wise to not pollute, not to save the world, but just it's, you should do that. Population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make, Paul Early confidently declared in the April 1970 issue of Mademoiselle. The death rate will increase until at least 100, 200 million people per year will be starving to death during the next 10 years, by which he meant between 1970 and 1980. Didn't happen, kids. Paul Ehrlich was a uh, forerunner of the failed academic in the failed academy, UCLA professor. Uh, he wrote a book called The Population Bomb. He became a guest of Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gained his five minutes of fame by preaching hysteria, which never came true. Uh, most of the people who are going to die in the greatest cataclysm in the history of man have already been born, wrote Paul Ehrlich in a 1969 essay called Eco-Catastrophe. By 1975, some experts feel that food shortages will have escalated the present level of world hunger and starvation into famines of unbelievable proportions. Other optimists, more optimistic, think the ultimate food population collision will not occur until the decade of the 1980s. Kids, look this up for yourself. Bring it to class because you're going to start getting hit with this BS. Uh, Ehrlich sketched out his most alarmist scenario for the 1970 Earth Day issue of The Progressive, assuring readers that between 1980 and 1989, some vo- 4 billion people, billion? 4 billion people, including 65 million Americans, would perish in the great die-off. <laughs> Didn't happen, kids. I don't remember that taking place. Bring this to school, kids. It's already too late to avoid mass starvation, declared Dennis Hayes, chief organizer for Earth Day, in the spring 1970 issue of The Living Wilderness. 
Well, that Bring might happen. School kids. That might happen because of supply issues and people can't afford food right now. But that's now. today. Sure. We made it till today. This was 1970. Got it. Peter Gunter, a North Texas State University professor, wrote in 1970, demographers agree almost unanimously on the following grim timetable. By 1975, widespread famines will begin in India. These will spread by 1990 to include all of India, Pakistan, China, and the Near East and Africa. By the year 2000, or conceivably sooner, South and Central America will exist under famine conditions. By the year 2000, 30 years from now, when this was written, the entire world, with the exception of Western Europe, North America, and Australia, will be in famine. Didn't happen, kids. <laughs> Didn't happen. I'm serious, man. I, I hope you high school and grade school kids bring this. Clear it with your parents. Say, look, I want to push back and take this BS to school when you start getting proselytized. And then get flunked and have the IRS visit you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> In January 1970, Life magazine reported scientists have solid experimental and theoretical evidence to support the following predictions. In a decade, urban dwellers will have to wear gas masks to survive air pollution. <laughs> by 1985, air pollution will have reduced the amount of sunlight reaching the Earth by one half. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Ecologist Kenneth Watt told Time magazine that at the present rate of nitrogen buildup, it's only a matter of time before light will be filtered out of the, filtered out of the atmosphere and none of our land will be usable. <laughs> Didn't happen. It's still usable. Barry Commoner predicted that decaying organic pollutants would use up all the oxygen in America's rivers, causing, causing freshwater fish to suffocate. Hasn't happened. I don't think that happened. Paul Early chimed in, predicting in 1970 that air pollution is certainly going to take hundreds of thousands of lives in the next few years alone. Early sketched a scenario in which 200,000 Americans would die in 1973 during smog disasters in New York and L.A. <laughs> Didn't happen, kids. Paul Ehrlich warned... These are written and brought to you, kids, by people who didn't like America. There's no other way to account for their hysteria. They wanted to reimagine. Paul Ehrlich warned in May 1970 in the issue of Audubon that DDT and other chlorinated hydrocarbons may have substantially reduced the life expectancy of people born since 1945. Ehrlich warned that Americans born since 1946 now had a life expectancy of only 49 years. And he predicted if current patterns continued, this expectancy would reach 42 years of life expectancy by 1980. Ah. Uh, in 19, when this was written in 2021... The most recent CDC report had life expectancy in the U.S. at 78.6 years. And these frauds were telling you you had a life expectancy of 42 years old in 1980. Didn't happen, kids. <clears throat> Ecologist Kenneth Watt declared by the year 2000, that's 23 years ago, if present trends continue, we will be using up crude oil at such a rate there won't be any more oil. He'll drive up to the pump and say, fill her up, and he'll say, I am very sorry there isn't any. Wow. Did didn't happen. happen. Didn't did. happen. Oh, didn't. Harrison Brown, a scientist at the National Academy of Sciences, published a chart 
in Scientific American that looked at metal reserves, M-E-T-A-L, and estimated that humanity would totally run out of copper shortly after 2000. Lead, zinc, tin, gold, and silver would be gone before 1990. That? It didn't happen, and now, ironically, the same people who brought you this BS want you to drive an electric car and are telling us we must mine the copper we supposedly <laughs> ran out of right. before 2000. <laughs> I love... Is that irony? Yes. The life expectancy in 1970 in the United States was 70.78 years of age. Well, we're going up. And what year? In 1970. Okay. Today, in 2023, it's 79.1 years of age. Uh, Senator Gaylord Nelson wrote in Look Magazine that Dr. S. Dylan Ripley, secretary of the Smithsonian Institute, believes that in 25 years, somewhere between 75 and 80% of all species of animals will be extinct. Didn't happen, kids. Not even close. In 1975, Paul Ehrlich predicted that since more than nine-tenths of the original tropical rainforest will be removed in most areas within the next 30 years or so, by 2005, it is expected that half of the organisms in these areas will vanish with it. Hasn't happened. I am all for saving the rainforest, by the way. And finally... Kenneth Watt warned about a pending ice age in a speech. The world has been chilling sharply for about 20 years, he said. If present trends continue, the world will be about 4 degrees colder for the global mean temperature in 1990, but 11 degrees colder in the year 2000. This is about twice what it would take to put us into an ice age. And then they put the blue planet on cover of Newsweek, and it wasn't frightening enough, so they went with global warming. Right. Okay, keep these in mind, kids, because you're going to get bombarded. You're going to get bombarded with dire predictions of gloom and doom and existential threats. You're going to get told that you're ruining the earth. You're told there's going to be not enough food and too many people and too much poverty and no longer a life expectancy. You're going to find everything to be not true, kids. Everything. Take this to school. Yes. Are you done? Yeah. You forgot a very important part of our job. Did all of those things not happen because the global population took steps to prevent them? Why didn't they happen? I want to know why. Why did those people say that? Why didn't they happen? Instead of just telling us what they said and that we're fine now, what oh. occurred to change things. Well, I have and the, the only answer. way, I, Reavers, I, I, you I can can't answer. give me a quick answer on this because this is something that needs to be studied uh, and explored and, and written about. I'm not going to give you the answer. This guy is. You know, we had eight storms See, the, uh, last year. What? I think, Such, I think that's a legitimate, two I, legitimate I'm, questions. I'm anxious to answer you. On every single one. We have to start over, go back to the very first one. Say, tell me why they said that, why it didn't happen. Number one was Harvard biologist George Wald estimated civilization would end within 15 or 30 years. In other why? Words, in other words, civilization would end by 1985 or 2000 unless immediate action is taken against problems facing mankind. I would answer it in two ways. And I would say, what are those problems, Professor? Uh, all of which were addressed by technology, intelligence, entrepreneurship, competition, 
That's what I'm looking the for. The problems were the problems were uh, I suppose a hysterian would look at the world food situation and say we got to do something about this. We have a lot of people and not all of them they're eating well. So what happened? Agriculture improved tremendously. Yeah, exports. It, Ex- it, everything it, improved exponentially. Right. But the most important thing to remember about these predictions is that they were made theatrically. They were made hysterically. I want, if there's a bunch of kid GLers, I want them to go prepared for pushback. Mm-hmm. Because they can go in there and make statements all they want or put slogans on signs and stomp around and yell and scream. But you've got to be ready for intelligent pushback. And that's what they're going to give you. Let me give you some pushback, kids, for the third warning. The day after the first Earth Day, the New York Times editorial page warned Man must stop pollution and conserve his resources, not merely to enhance existence, but to save the race from intolerable deterioration and possible extinction. Well, again, that was written theatrically and hysterically. But what mankind, people, man, humans, us, us, have made inestimable strides in cleaning up the environment mm-hmm. led by the United States yes. the country most hated by the euphorians we have i grew up in a time i've told you guys this before it's a very small and not even necessarily analogous example but i grew up in a time when people thought nothing of emptying their cars ashtray on the street at a red light <laughs> yep. hiawatha yeah. and 32nd <laughs> and, and we, we've gone we've gone light years in advance to clean up smokestacks and waterways. And Minnesota created a lottery where the money supposedly goes to the environment. We've done yeoman service in acknowledging that that's terribly wise counsel to be to leave a clean. We're, cons- we're conservationists. Conservationist. And GLers have always been conservationists. Yes. Uh, so I, I think I'm answering your question, Kenny. What 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 prevented all of this was man's wisdom, man's intelligence, man's technology, uh, uh, man's common sense. Okay, so now they're going to come back at you once again, and they're going to ask you, why then, if man was able to fix all that, will man not be able to slow the warming of the climate? Well, and my answer to that is the climate's changing, and it always has, and you have no demonstrable proof that the warming is happening in a way that would bring about the hysterical claims. Kids, I want you to write that word down, demonstrable. We have That's, no you evidence. you got to slip that in. That's we have one. no evidence that Kansas is going to develop a seashore. Right. We have no evidence that the te- that the planet warming by a degree or two would even be a bad thing. Yep. We have no evidence. Yep. But that's not going to stop us. It's well, stop. Paul is still alive, which yeah, amazes me. He's a turd. Uh, consider, you know, 42, uh, the average lifespan went to 42 because he is now 90. Yeah. And and he pretty much stands by everything he said, which is weird he, when you he, read about he it. He doubled it. He more than doubled his age. Yeah, hey, hey, who wants to be in charge of trying to get Paul Ehrlich for a guest? Oh, Does it say, is, it, is he a professor emeritus at UCLA? Um, hey, look at this guy. Right here, Rook, this guy, Rook. He's pointing at you. I'm leaning back. <laughs> oh, he's pointing at you. I can try. Go to the other room, buddy. <laughs> Doesn't look like he's doing much in terms of work these days, Joe. Well, that matches our guy. <laughs> well, he was full of s. He was full of s. 
had bad sideburns, too. Yeah. I just want the kids to be ready because they're going to come back at kids, you. Kids, you're going to get hit in school all the rest of this week, all next week. Come on, you little GL kids. Push back. Paul Ehrlich teaches at Stanford. Stanford? I thought it was UCLA. Yeah. I just found his, uh, his bio page. If he's offended. At EcoFun Motorsports right now, electric bikes are in stock. They're on sale for spring. Save up to $400 on new electric bikes. Stop in and take one for a demo ride. Kayla will help fit you. Get the one that fits you the best. All sizes, I mean, all sizes and colors of scooters are in stock. Beat the man at the pump with a scooter that gets... 100 to 120 miles per gallon, mm. and they turn every urban errand into an adventure, into an adventure. No interest financing on all scooters for up to a year. Save 300 bucks off the price of a Yamaha Zuma 125 fuel-injected scooter. Save two grand on the Yamaha RMAX 1000 side-by-side. Go anywhere. Tackle any obstacle in style. Only seven Vanderhalls are left. That is the coolest-looking vehicle you'll ever see. They're called USA Roadsters. Oh, man, it's the perfect way to go for a Royce walk. You get in that thing and just yes, cruise sir. around the neighborhood. I'm it's giving a tour. It's a 195-horsepower, four-cylinder turbocharged. It will create many fun memories and experiences. Good financing available on those this month at EcoFun where you're going to find helmets, apparel, great service, and great people at two locations. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 97, just west of Interstate 35, up Forest Lake Way, and in Burnsville on the uh, service road of life near County Road 42. EcoFun Motorsports, where garage logicians get their stuff. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now, and the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments, and you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Oh, yep. Uh, yeah, you need one of these. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Chaco Pistorius on the base. <laughs> no, it's still a night. It's my theory that he can't play bass that good. He did this on a piano, made it sound like a bass, and then <laughs> sped it up right. to give it this hip flow. No, he's a he's a very good bass player. Hey, here's a, a mission statement for you. Aim High Construction is in the business of designing gorgeous custom spaces where life happens. I love that one. The crew at Aim High Constru- Construction, they can make that uh, visit a vision of yours a reality. They can handle both your exterior and interior needs, and that's both commercial and residential. 
And it includes everything construction-related, roofing, siding, windows, decks, anything else. Chris, the owner, 100% committed to your 100% satisfaction. And his team is also just as dedicated, superior craftsmanship, customer satisfaction. That's their goal. When you work with AIM High, you're going to get the best, okay? You're going to get prompt, professional, courteous service from a bunch of experienced guys and gals. Uh, they also work with leading brands in the industry, AIM High does, uh, to bring you long-lasting, high-performing solutions for that job of yours. They're going to make that that whole experience wonderful from the design to the final cleanup. It'll be an enjoyable experience. You've got to get the bid ball rolling. Get on the schedule today. AimHighConstructionMN.com to discuss that project. That's AimHighConstructionMN.com. There is a new program in St. Paul called the Black Legacy and Leadership Enrichment Initiative. Hmm. And it, if you qualify uh, for its largesse, you receive an unrestricted $55,000 grant. Grant? A grant. That means you don't pay it back. Right, but I don't think the taxpayers pay for it. The grant initiative is a collaboration between the Minnesota, the Minneapolis-based Cultural Wellness Center and the Polad Family Foundation. Okay. I don't know. What, uh, look up Cultural Wellness Center, Rook, and see if we're paying for that. I, I got it. We're, we obviously are not paying for the Polad Family Foundation. Uh, and over the past several years, uh, this has crystallized uh, into a focus on racial justice and housing stability. And so what these are, they're investments in activists so that they might recuperate. Uh, this is from their site, culturalwellnesscenter.org. Our process is our product. For the Cultural Wellness Center, the process is the product. In our fast-paced culture, people, communities, and organizations are often driven by the end result. But if the practices that produce those results are making the people generating those results unwell, the culture practices are also unwell. All right, this, stop. That's stop. a Kamala Harris statement. Stop. Uh, I'll keep reading, but you just keep searching that. Okay. All I want to know is who's paying for it. That's okay. all I okay. want to know. So what this does, uh, this uh, Black Legacy and Leadership Enrichment Initiative, it provides money to activists, not necessarily for their activism, but so that they might rest, that they might not have to be active. Oh, sure. Well, it, adrews, it, it, it addresses their wellness. For example, here's a guy named Wel Melvin Giles. He's a lifelong Rondo community activist and urban gardener, and he's known for blowing bubbles. Out of his ass? Hey, now. No <laughs> downtown. Know he, didn't know he was in town. No downtown. He's known for blowing bubbles as a central part of his peace advocacy. Some people go by there, and there's great big bubbles. Mm. Well, that's where Ward Melvin is. Uh in addition to co-leading the Urban Farm and Garden Alliance and spreading joy with bubbles. Several times a week, it seems like it's full of the bubbles. Huh. Giles also installs peace poles. <laughs> That's what he calls them. 
simple monuments with the inscription try that. to attract with, bubbles. With the inscription, "May peace prevail on Earth." Well, plus, he is a Star busy. Trek fan oh, and considers himself yeah. a time traveler, looking sure. backward in time to draw lessons from the past and looking generations into the future at a better world. Well, right. Joe, that's that sounds uh, very demanding and difficult to work. Well, that can be exhausting, and now he's got fifty-five grand, which is fine with me. Thank you. Does that work? He is one of seven inductees in the new Black Legacy and Leadership Enrichment Initiative, a pilot program that awards unrestricted grants of fifty-five grand to local activists so they can rest recharge, and ultimately better serve the community. Honest to God. The other inductees include Deja Joel, an artist who uses dance and spirituality to, to promote healing. Farji Shahir, a violence intervention specialist who specifically works to guide survivors away from retaliation. Anura C. Asar, the founder of a publishing company and a K-12 education program aimed at African cultural heritage. Karenia Smith, a community organizer and policy advocate for reproductive justice and violence prevention. Princess Titus, who guides people of all ages toward healthier eating patterns and trauma responses. And Antonio Williams, a voting rights advocate and formerly incarcerated community mentor. So they get this dough and they can chill and, and become better activists, I guess. Huh? It's, I didn't hear really anything you said after you mentioned the second one, after uh, Mr. Bubbles. She was an activist uh, artist. Deja Joel, an artist who uses dance and spirituality to promote healing. Does as she soon also as you, blow bubbles? No? As soon as you said that, I uh, I couldn't help but thinking about the big Lebowski and dude's landlord <laughs> yep, doing yeah. his dance yeah. with the chair. They gonna, they're going to study and rest. <laughs> That's These are busy, committed people, and we know for them rest is going to be a study. They're going to use the rest to study themselves, and how rest will help them. And so over the next year... Uh, they'll go through the Cultural Wellness Center's flagship self-study curriculum, which views rest. We probably all could use this, except nobody's going to pay us. Uh, which views rest as more than just taking a break from external forces that wear a person down. True, true recuperation means engaging in deep internal reflection so a person can emerge strengthened and feeling whole. So there you have it. Hmm. When so, did it become the government's job to insist? This is not the government. But it came from the mayor's office? <clears throat> no, well, it didn't. The Cultural this? Wellness Center and the Polet Family Foundation are launching an initiative. This is private. Okay. The black Legacy and Leadership uh, to recognize and support black community members who are advocates, activists, leaders, healers, artists, or agents of change. Again, each initiate will receive 55 grand in unrestricted funds for one year, yeah. which can be used to refresh and uh, I have, whatever. I have uh, an idea for them because I tried this for a year. Um, for one year, I had six-day weekends, uh, and it was the best. it was the best year of my life, and I got paid. Participants were selected by a 10-person screening committee, commu committee. Community elders helped devise the evaluation criteria, including questions on the clarity of applicants' personal conceptions of rest, 
working on the work that a year of rejuvenation might help them perform more strongly. Out of a hundred, they got 162 <laughs> written applications. 60 people were invited to attend in-person interviews, and ultimately seven were chosen. We're the dumb ones here. You're well, damn why, right we are. Why didn't we go? The pilot program is scheduled to last for three years for a total of 21 grantees. As for Giles, he's the uh, bubble blower. He's hoping that that the recuperation enabled by the grant will allow him to time travel into the future (laughs) and focus on the legacy portion of the Black Legacy and Leadership Enrichment (laughs) Initiative. (laughs) After decades of activism, he's exploring how to pass on the torch in a sustainable way. Joe, do you think there's a 100% chance that this money only goes to people who uh, are working as activists on the left side of the aisle? I would imagine so. Yeah. I would imagine so. I'm guessing. Although Giles is an urban gardener, there's nothing political about gardening. I was just trying to see if you could get your piece of the pie, and I was just wondering how we would phrase your application. The uh, I can tell you the Polad Family Foundation says it has to be based on one of two things, projects focused on housing stability or projects focused on racial justice. Well, none of these seem to focus on either one of those. Plus, they're for um, this one in particular, African-American only, right? Uh, it seems that way, although I don't know the race of all yeah. the uh, grantees. Uh, so, But the reason um, I brought this up is if this is what the private sector's doing, what in the hell is the government doing? How many of these are in the government environment? It's, the directory is formerly known as Recast Connect, and it aims at connecting black, indigenous, and people of color, BIPOC, uh, communities to a network of culturally specific pr- practitioners who provide mental health and healing services, as well as other healing from trauma. That okay. they need from general trauma or trauma that they got from being activists. I think trauma they got from being activists. But it's it does not, there is, I've looked up who funds the yeah. Wellness Center. Nothing yeah. comes up. Uh, the Polad family, I think I saw the um Oh my Auto God, Brenner the Polad, Trust. they're doing that out of the goodness of their heart. They got some so, extra cash. Yeah, good for John, them. John, can you confirm that? You're on the Polad side? Yeah, the, it's the th- strictly through the Polad Family Foundation, according to what I'm well, reading. Then, I, who has, I don't have a beef with that. They sell one Porsche, they cover that. Right. <laughs> could use it on starting pitching instead. Well, Ooh. there is that. Wow, there's so many things to break down about or, that statement. I'm going to avoid them or all. Or get a manager who lets him pitch. I'm just kidding. Hey, the Stars <laughs> made a comeback with I no lineup this. last night. They beat the Blackhawks you four to three. What did I say? Wow, the Stars. The Wild. The Wild. How Dino do? Those new Stars uniforms, by the way, are awful. I mean, the actual Dallas Stars. Yeah, I don't like it. I agree. What was the theme song for North Star Confidential? Was that in the system? Yeah, how did you, what kind of research went on to, I got to grab people right away. I got to, I got to bring them in. Got to bring them in. Bring them in. Rook, when I went in that store and they say, are you a member, was it Whole Foods? No, Mississippi Market. Mississippi Market, the old Vogels. Yeah. I went in to get some milk, and they said, are you a member? And I said, of what? And they said, of this place. And I said, no. Uh, it turns out Whole Foods, uh, there's one in St. Paul. 
Oh, yeah, there's a yeah. huge one on yeah. uh, Snelling Avenue, a brand new one. Mm-hmm. There's one in Minneapolis. Yep. There's and the flagship, Grove. but the flagship store Call me now. in San Francisco, <laughs> 65,000 yeah. square feet, they just yeah. closed. They were open one year. Mm-hmm. They closed for the safety of the employees. Yep. What? Remember, I had a visitor, a friend of mine, who visited Frisco about a month you ago, did. and he was telling us and that he never, f- never see anything like when it. When I saw this story, that's the first thing I thought of. It's shutting down because of employee safety concerns. Uh, to ensure the safety of our team members, we have made the difficult decision to close the Trinity store for the time being. The spokesperson for Whole Foods said an employee at the store told KTVU News they were made aware of the closure yesterday. All Whole Foods employees will keep their jobs and be transferred to other store locations. It opened March 10th of last year and was nearly 65,000 square feet. It barely made it a year. Five months ago at the the, the Tenderloin Center, a place intended to be a oh. safe place to reduce overdose deaths, for those of you who use drugs and provided services for the unhoused, was across the street from Whole Foods, but that closed. And IKEA was set to open down the street from Whole Foods. That's up in the air. District 6 Supervisor Matt Dorsey uh, said he was disappointed, but sadly unsurprised by the closure. Our neighborhood waited a long time for this supermarket, but we're also well aware of the problems they've experienced with drug-related retail theft, adjacent drug markets, and the many safety issues related to them. Dorsey quickly pivoted to a charter amendment he and fellow supervisor Catherine Stefani are working on to get the San Francisco police fully staffed in five years. Five years? Uh, Dorsey seems to be linking the Whole Foods closure to police understaffing. Dorsey did not elaborate... They're blaming the cops. ...on what he means by drug-related retail theft. KTVU reached out to San Francisco Mayor London Breed, but she didn't respond to the request. My God, what a a tragedy. That beautiful city is just done. Remember the video that we used to play for Joe and Pat... The, the fun times in Cleveland videos. Yes, and yeah. it always would sign off with, hey, at least we're not Detroit. Right. That's what we're going to start doing in this we're city. We're not, at least we're not San Francisco. <laughs> right. To the point where you can say what you want about him as a as a reporter, a journalist, whatever. Andy, no. We all know who he is, right? Right. right. I'm not making this up. This was posted yesterday. He has a video of a woman giving birth in San Francisco on the street. Well, I hope she got some help. Was she cute? Fire Firefighters basically saved the baby, but that's what San Francisco has devolved into. Who's been to San Francisco on this staff? I have. Uh, no. yeah. 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 It's a, just an extraordinarily gorgeous city. Right. It's gone. Um, the, who was the person that made the statement regarding uh, its lack of police? Who was that? A dis, one of their council people. I just find it interesting. Matt Dorsey. Matt Dorsey, yep. When the activists and the far-left politicians that put San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis in these places that we are not are, are at now, where their bad decisions affect all of us, instead of coming to terms with their stupidity and yep. trying to change things for the good, they double down. They keep doubling down. And they just make it go from worse to worse. 
Isn't there a line in the Bible about the dog returning to the vomit? Something like that? Whoa. Verify what? that for me, John Height. John An emailer sent me something like that. Maybe he was making it up. It sounds like my it. dad's laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his follies, an aphorism which appears in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 26, 11. Why don't they hang that on City Hall in San Francisco? Dang, that's read, good. Read it again, John. Yeah, read it again. As a as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. That's happening in the country's tallest buildings. Huh. I almost sounded like a preacher there, didn't I? So a dog, as a, a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool, so a returns, fool returns to its uh, repeats, folly. Repeats Mr. President, folly. would you please repeat that passage for us? If a dog has to throw up, <laughs> he might circle around it, and whatever he threw up, it's going to look like he didn't chew it. Thoroughly, but about the what about returning to the folly? Well, the fool has to clean it up. <laughs> so the folly of who the fool is 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 where you yeah. draw straws, lots. Lot Remember, longer. they drew lots <laughs> to get Jesus's garments. Yeah, but this I don't know what a lot is, <laughs> Mr. President. I, Mr. President, I you're he, really drifting. Uh, yeah, I think the resurrection because, has begun. He goes back and eats it, Mr. President. See, that's remember when policy. John no. beat oh, Peter, never, sir. Never mind. Sir, never let's mind. see if we can put brag number one, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, I'd like to put you Favorite back on the right path. We're talking about the way the the lefties continue to fail in America's cities like uh, as a dog returns to vomit so a fool returns to the scene of the folly what did he eat he had to consume some of the folly no. that was probably sitting in his dish probably his you know, own excrement yes speaking of the lefties <laughs> he might have eaten some brush yes I had some brush I had a lab one time picked up some brush and he put it over by the white pickup Remember, uh -huh. I always had a white pickup. Yes, you did. About a 1980 GMC style. <laughs> yeah. Or was it a was Chevy? A, no, that was a square body. Yeah. yeah, a little square body with three on the tree. <laughs> I ran that sucker into the ground. <laughs> and we'd always yeah. have a stew. Well, Cookie would come by yeah. on the ranch. It's yeah. down by Crawford, Texas. You been to Crawford? I haven't. <laughs> a lot of brush. Yeah. You got to clear <laughs> the brush so the dog can't get to the folly. Right. Because if he's too close to the cliff, that dog's gonna, he's going to folly right over, <laughs> right over the cliff. And who is yeah, cliff I, anyway? I, I, I'd yeah. say he nailed it. I, I don't know about I, you, I, Joe. I, I like his version one better. One hell of an explanation. You don't let your dog vomit, though. That, uh, that's a bad word. Vomit. <laughs> right. Vomit. When you say vomit. I don't like that word, sir. When you say vomit, you mean it. If you say, <laughs> I spit up, yeah. it's like I, I drooled. Yes. But if you vomit, that's a power surge. I vomit. <laughs> Let me see you vomit. It is. It, it means something, doesn't it? Yes, words have meaning, Joe. That's right. Like, remember the time I was running for president? I was governor of Texas, and I was in a limo. Yep. And I, I I called you on the show. You did. Or you called me, I forget which. And you pretty much wouldn't let me go. Mm -hmm. I said, I have to, I got to go now. And Joe had another comment. I don't remember what uh, non-important comment he was going to ask me, but... Uh, I said, Joe, I have to go. I have to really leave. And then I think I ended up just hanging up on you. Yeah, I think you did, too. Yes. Why don't we take a time What about out? an estate plan, Mr. President? Do you have one of those when you're... Uh... Uh, we've had an estate plan in our family for probably about 
150 years. We know the importance of hanging on to your cash and belongings. Well, not only does everyone need an estate plan, but uh, Eckberg Lammers is an expert in business succession planning. And that's terribly important. You don't want the government involved in that. Succession planning should be considered at the start of the business. Beginning. And then you revisit (laughs) it throughout the life of the business, not just someone decides to retire or sell. The end. It's an important, important aspect of a family business because it's common for the people in the family to have different interests. So you got to have a plan in place so those with differing interests don't Screw things up and interfere. I've seen it happen. Get it all laid out. If your business is going to be transitioned to employees, you need to make sure you have the proper structure to allow for that transition. This is a, this is absolutely you got to treat it like a family, and it's just as important. And uh, it keeps the family business in the family by creating stability, and that continues the business for the new owners. You've worked hard. It's not easy to build that company into what it is today. So get a plan to maintain the operations and qualified management when you decide to sell or retire. It's not merely putting this down on paper. You got to act on the plan and implement it, and that'll give you the smooth transition. But you need that. You need that file right there. Right here. It says business transmission, transmission. Transaction. Transition. Transmission was in the uh, white pickup. I, I got that. From Eckberg Lammers Business Succession Team. Call to action. Call Eckberg Lammers <laughs> about your business. What did I say? Nothing. Huh? Just wrap her up. Eckberg, yep. you take this up with Rook. 5960. <laughs> 600. Well, if you'd be quiet, yes, Mr. Sir. President. I would not be silenced. Call 651-439-2878 or visit Eckberg Lammers at eckberglammers.com. Go. Does break? Kenny got something? Yes. Let's go. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Professionalturf.com. Just click on that and you'll have a beautiful lawn all season long. If you're uh, obsessive about that, well, first of all, if you're not obsessive about your lawn, what's wrong with you? Oh, I know. You're raising boys. That's what it is. Okay, Harmon. Uh, okay, Harmon Killebrew's dad. Yeah. If, if you want the best lawn in the block, you got to go with ProfessionalTurf.com. Now, I've gotten to know Dave, the owner, over the years, and uh, he's kind of an old-fashioned dude. He rolls old school when it comes to service. He has his techs come out to your home in person for your free estimate, setting clear and accurate expectations of what's going to happen. They've got 35 years of experience uh, with, uh, and they can combine that with your ideas as to what your program should be. No cold calls, no upsells. It's just, it's actually convenient. In the middle of the winter, late fall, they uh, send you a little note. Hey, you like the service? You want to be with us again next year? That's all you get. Uh, you'll have your own fertilizer and weed control plan. It's environmentally safe and guaranteed for superior results. That beautiful, healthy lawn, no crabgrass, no dandelions. Forget about the broadleaf weeds. Just a click away, professionalturf.com. Here's John Height. 
Thank you, Joe. And this news is brought to you by the folks at ProfessionalTurf.com. A huge show of support held in Ramsey on Monday morning as the bodies of the two police officers who were shot and killed Saturday were brought to the Midwest Medical Examiner's Office. Dozens of officers and firefighters, as well as community members, lined up outside the building to offer their condolences. A 100-mile procession then led the officers, identified as Shetek Police Officer Emily Breedenbach and Cameron Police Officer Hunter Scheel back to a funeral home in Barron, Wisconsin. The officers died after gunfire was exchanged during a traffic stop shortly after 3.30 in the afternoon Saturday. Uh, we have learned a little bit more about the shooting. According to the Barron County Sheriff's Office, the officers had stopped 50-year-old Glenn Douglas Perry of New Auburn, Wisconsin, to check on his welfare after they received ports of, uh, reports of concerning behavior. Unclear what led to the exchange of gunfire. Perry, the alleged shooter, was known to law enforcement and had a warrant out for his arrest at the time of the shootout. Court documents show he had been charged with misdemeanor battery, domestic abuse, and disorderly conduct in March of 2020. In those documents, a witness describes him going on a rant about how police are bad and that he was going to kill them. They also state he had been driving with two guns in his car. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers said he will be signing an executive order that will lower both the U.S. and Wisconsin flags to half-staff in honor of the officers. Police say an officer is recovering after being shot while serving a search warrant Monday afternoon in Granite Falls. According to the Granite Falls Police Department, officers from a multi-agency drug and gang task force executed the knock and announce warrant about four in the afternoon. Person inside started shooting as soon as officers entered the building. Officers shot back. One officer was hit in the crossfire, according to police. The injured officer was taken to the Granite Falls Hospital, has since been released. Police had the suspect surrendered without further incident after a 70-minute standoff and now is in custody. The Yellow Medicine Jail pending formal charges. Something's going on. Not a big limb I'm on there. Nope. No, it's not, but it's scary. Workers at the Federal Aviation Administration's tower at the airport here were evacuated early this morning. It happened after smoke appeared in their tower. They started returning to the tower after the smoke dissipated around 6.30 this morning. Currently, the cause of the smoke hasn't been determined. Um, who is guiding the planes in and out? Uh, they probably were put into a holding pattern until they got people back up in the tower. I think it was early. I, I wasn't briefed on it, but I think it was early enough. I that wasn't briefed on it. What are you? A, <laughs> what are you, the commander? Thanks, Magnum PI. Jeez. <laughs> I wasn't briefed on it. He's never used the word brief before in his life. Oh, uh, I, I have briefings. I have briefings in my duties. <laughs> in your briefings. In my, uh, you wear briefs. <laughs> I do. Not today. Uh, in the briefing, we're yes, uh, we as discussed. Yes, the uh, parliamentary procedures must be in place. Tea and crumpets. Doing something about this. Uh, I think it was early enough for there may have been only one or two red eyes coming in. It wasn't the full schedule. Perfect. So. Well, that's what the briefing... Oh, you weren't briefed. I'm sorry. Never yeah, that's what I... Had I been briefed, I bet that's what I would have heard. Follow-up question. Uh, uh, Chris Reaver's uh, Garage <laughs> Logic yes. podcast. What um, have you been briefed on? <laughs> Not Matthew, much. Not much. what I not love much. about you is not knowing the answer isn't going to stop you no. from answering. No, hell no. 100%. <laughs> what a crazy scene. Good old Rook, he'll take a swing at just about anything. <laughs> 
You know, the, the, the guy that's my boss, Jack, Jack Simonet, he's a really good guy, very sarcastic. Um, he would be piling on with all of you guys right now, just yeah. as I was on there, uh, I was at work today. I won't bore you with it. You details. weren't brief. But he would he would be one to uh, just, just pour brief. more water or gas on the fire. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Well, way to get his name in there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice that's good. I don't know if he's a podcast listener. Well, let's let's hear what John no, has Kenny's to say. No, Kenny's right. He's a sycophant there, too. Let's, yeah. have a, let's yeah. go Everywhere. back to news. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Let's Jack doesn't buy that I'm working from home on Friday afternoons. <laughs> A St. Olaf student is now facing multiple criminal charges alleging he was conspiring to commit a crime. Northfield police announced that 20-year-old Waylon Sieber Kurtz from Montpelier, Vermont, was arrested last week after items relating to a potentially violent threat were found on campus. Prosecutors charged Kurtz with conspiracy to commit second-degree assault, conspiracy to commit threats of violence, making terroristic threats, and conspiracy to commit theft. According to court documents, the investigation into Kurtz all started after St. Olaf custodians found two empty packages for high-capacity gun magazines in a garbage can outside dorm rooms around 11 in the morning on April 5th. If you see something, say something. Well, they did. The, the, let's, get, let's continue here, but John's getting to the point. The heroes of this are the custodians. They noted the packaging belonged to Kurtz, but was addressed to a home off campus. Staff members of the college's public safety team then searched Kurtz's dorm room, found two knives, a tactical vest, propane canisters, gun earmuffs, pistol and rifle magazines, an empty box of ammunition and other items, including a notebook, the court document said. And inside that notebook, the complaint says Northfield police found a hand-drawn map of the college's recreational facility, including arrows showing an apparent exit path, a detailed plan to steal ammo from Walmart with help from two others and what was needed to successfully steal it, a list of equipment for radios under a preface of spending more money should only be done if more capability is a direct result, and notes with instructions on creating a shoot house, which law enforcement said is an indoor firing range typically used to train military and law enforcement in close quarters combat. At that point, police started searching for Kurtz. He eventually took him into custody outside a business in Edina. The complaint notes that Kurtz's cell phone had a text conversation with another person regarding radios and various frequencies, several conversations about guns, and building rifles, and talks of shipping items to different locations so packages wouldn't be flagged as suspicious, and a picture of a full box of rifle magazines on a school bench. They also discussed buying handguns from unlicensed sellers, according to the complaint. Inside his vehicle, authorities allegedly found another notebook with notes on combat and guns, including a page that was titled, Things to be Good at. The complaint says the school's public safety team had one other previous interaction with Kurtz. It happened on December 19th of last year at 2 in the morning. It says Kurtz was seen looking into several different vehicles on campus. When an officer approached him, he replied he was trying to act suspiciously to see if an officer would come over to him. He then gave a fake name before officers learned who he really was. Kurtz has a bail hearing a Monday, had a bail hearing, excuse me, Monday morning. Bail set at $100,000 with conditions. His next hearing is April 21st. Okay, what what would have happened if the if the janitors didn't act? God only knows. Hmm? It, would, it would have been bad. Thank God they found that notebook. What that's, the hell's that's going the, on here? Bad. That's the incriminating stuff. Well, the answer is, Joe, people are losing it. That's your answer. Is it Samer theory? It's that. It's money in a lot of cases. It's a lot of things. Yes, people are losing it. 
Uh, one other addendum that wasn't in that story, I read in a different story. Uh, he did not have any weaponry here, but his family said he had, uh, uh, well, plenty of guns at home in Vermont. So so he's a St. Olaf student from the state of Vermont. Correct, Montpelier. Do we know what he was studying? Oh, that's, I guess I'm going nowhere with that. Yeah. yeah. Equity, inclusion, whatever. Wow. Well, it reminds me of, uh, anybody read Michael Conley's books, The Harry Bosch, Detective of L.A.? And, I watch the TV shows. Well, that think. doesn't count. you got to read. Uh, the, hero of the, la- the hero of the most recent book, and I don't know if Conley intended this, but to me the hero was the direct, the head of the streetlight department in Los Angeles. These custodians made me think of this. Okay. This, the the streetlight guy was noticing some stuff that led to solving a crime, blah, 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 blah. But the streetlight guy was it was competent, efficient, professional, and and uh, it was an ode almost to the to the public servant. And hmm. and here you got two custodians who probably saved the bloodbath. Yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, one other local note before we break: Valley Fair is opening for the season next month. They've announced. <coughs> oh, well, there, excuse oh, me. That sponsorship. Excuse I was going to ride the uh, yeah. high roller. <laughs> 15-acre amusement park in uh, Shakopee is opening to the public for the 2023 season, kicking off with opening day celebrations on Sunday, May 14th. They have 75 attractions, including eight roller coasters and Planet Snoopy. Then later in May, the Soak City Water Park will open for guests. That water park features geysers, fountains, slides, and Barefoot Beach. Sir, that's where I learned uh, a euphemism for the materials used to clean up vomit. Oh, yeah. That's a great name for it. Mishap. Mishap. Yeah. <laughs> mm. We'll have uh, more news after this from our buddy, the Rookster. Thank you, Johnny Cake Ridge Road. Uh, I made the trek to the Minnesota Masonic Home in Bloomington yesterday. What a wonderful, wonderful campus. Got a tour. Johnny Boy gave me a tour uh, of the entire place, and I-, I just think they really are a neat Charity. MNMasonicCharities.org is the number. And although you may not go over there for a tour like I got yesterday, but they just do so much wonderful work and they have such a history. And the reason to be on Garage Logic is to let people know this is what they do. All they do is good. Yes, they got some funny costumes, the weird hats and the funny handshakes and some secrecy, but they're trying to be a completely open book to say, here's what we do. This is why we have our meetings. These have been our leaders. What'd they do? They, I was briefed you yesterday. You were briefed. I was briefed by John yesterday on just what they do. Such a great history, and they've listed who's on the Declaration of Independence. That was amazing. Who was a former president? Who was in the entertainment? There's a long list, and it's really cool. Do your homework and find out more information about Minnesota Masonic Charities. Go to mnmasoniccharities.org, and if you call them just for the heck of it, 952-948-7000, let them know that you heard it from the rookie and the secret is out. It is. Why? This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Tomorrow's the last day. The big sale at Maple Grove Lock and Safe runs until tomorrow. Save up to 400 bucks on select bronze colonial Batboy Jr. and Centurion safes. Don't wait, though. The steal done tomorrow. 
The Liberty Safe, our favorite, the best in the USA, made in the USA, full transferable lifetime warranty for as long as that thing exists. That's amazing. Best for t- uh, fire protection in the business, too. And uh, if you talk nice to Rick, I'll bet you he'll sell you professional delivery and installation, and it'll be worth every penny. How do you want to get a hold of Rick? Do you want to walk in there? Do you want to pick up the phone? If you want to pick up the phone, 763-494-9075. If you want to go to the Internet, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. If you're going to stroll right in and say hi, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. Remember that big sale on the Liberty Colonial, Fat Boy Jr. and Centurion. It ends tomorrow, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. In uh, other news, we do have a breaking story today. Uh, Not a lot known yet, but police are investigating a shooting in northeast Washington, D.C., where multiple people were shot. According to a spokesperson from the Metropolitan Police Department, police called to the 4,000 block of Benning Road in front of a funeral home. Police say multiple shots were fired. Investigators confirmed with WUSA 9 that four people were shot. D.C. Fire and EMS have taken three people to an area hospital for help. All three seriously wounded in the shooting. Uh, No word on a motive or what may have happened in the moments leading up to the shooting. D.C. police are asking anyone who may know anything to please give them a call. They also said they're investigating a second shooting couple blocks away, about 1.5 miles. Police there are looking for a green car seen leaving that shooting scene. Police say at this point they're not sure if those incidents are related. They're not sure uh, if the two are connected at all. So, uh, shooting in Washington, D.C. this morning. A fifth victim of the Louisville Bank shooting had died in a hospital last night. The five were shot dead by their former colleague, 25-year-old Connor Sturgeon, when he stormed a conference room at Old National Bank 8.30 in the morning yesterday. Sturgeon was killed during the shooting, and officials say they're not sure if he took his own life or if officers killed him. Governor Andy Bershear was on the scene in the aftermath of the shooting. He choked up while talking with reporters. One of the victims, senior vice president of the bank, Tommy Elliott, was a close friend of the governor's. I think the, uh, did we do this off the air? Probably. Uh, uh, I would do an autopsy on that guy's brain. Yeah. To see, uh, apparently he had numerous concussions. He wore a an old style leather helmet when he played basketball. Hmm. And apparently he got the concussion. Like my uncle wore in the 50s? Yeah. And I would like to know, uh, I don't excuse his uh, evil, I, I don't excuse that, but I, I'd really like to know if he had CTE. Is that routinely done with cases I, like this? I don't know. But mm-hmm. if he had that many concussions, uh, yeah. I'd like to know if that played a role in this. Yeah, and it was a buddy who said he played when he played football, he suffered from several concussions back in the 8th and ninth grade. So, mm-hmm. Y'all got a helmet? We've, uh, we've had discussions with your family, Joe, on putting you in some sort of helmet. Yeah, I have a helmet. I got, got a, a beauty. One. You got a good beauty. <laughs> Good one. I don't Good have one. the mouth guard, though. I yeah. Know. No, it's got a chin strap. It just gets in the way, doesn't it? It's got a chin strap. It does. Yeah. Keep it nice and tight. Yep. Okay. The mom of that six-year-old who shot his first-grade teacher in Newport News, Virginia in January has now been indicted on charges of felony child neglect and one count of recklessly leaving a firearm to endanger a Good. child. Good. Good. Lock her up. 
The child will not be charged, Newport News Commonwealth Attorney Howard Gwynn said last month. Deja Taylor's son shot his teacher, Abigail Zwerner, on January 6th at the Rich Neck Elementary School, leaving her in the hospital with gunshot wounds to her hand and chest. She is back home now and recovering. The gun was purchased by the woman, was kept on the top shelf of her bedroom closet, secured by a trigger lock, according to an attorney who represents the family. The child brought the gun to school in his backpack, according to police. The indictment comes after what police are calling a thorough investigation. James Allenson, one of the attorneys for the family, said in an email she will be turning herself in later this week. He declined any further comment on the indictment. Well, how'd the kid get the trigger lock off? He's six years yeah. old. We don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, that's as much Isn't that making an assumption it was on? Well, that's my point. I, I'm betting there wasn't any trigger lock. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. U.S. national emergency to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic ended yesterday as President Biden signed a bipartisan congressional resolution to bring it to a close. We're done? After three years. It's over, John? It's over. National emergency allowed the government to take sweeping steps to respond to the virus and support the country's economic health and welfare systems. Some of those measures have already been successfully wound down, while others are still being phased out. Total number of deaths from COVID-19 around the U.S. is listed as of today around 1,200,000. A woman very close to me at her place of employment just had her mask mandate lifted today. Really? That's quite a long spell, isn't it? I'll say. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever be able to go to a clinic again with with, with Johnny well, woman very be. close to me. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm a little slow. That's okay. That's why I repeated it. You're from one of them Dakotas. Yeah, north the north one. Uh, speaking of COVID, uh, we now know that is what David Crosby died from. Uh, that news coming from former bandmate Graham, uh, Graham Nash in a new podcast interview. Uh, David Crosby died January 18th. He was uh, with his wife, Jan Dance, and son, Jango, when he passed away. Graham said that his former bandmate, uh, bandmate excuse me, was rehearsing uh, a show for a show in L.A. with a full band. After three days of rehearsals, he said he felt sick. He'd already had COVID once. He tested, had COVID again, so he went home, decided he'd take a nap, never woke up. Oh. In Nash's word, he died in his bed, and that's fantastic. Hmm. I, I Odd way to put it, but I don't know why no. that's fantastic. Yeah, I don't either. I, yeah. I don't. Well, other than suffering, I Beats guess is that what he means? The toilet, you know? comfortable. boy. Pete's uh, getting shot at Kent State, huh, David? That's right. Four dead in Ohio. Tin soldiers and Nixon's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're finally on our own. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden has dropped yet another hint he will seek re-election in 2024. Run, Joe, run. <laughs> Biden said run, on Monday, Joey, run. Oh, God, there's a blast in the past. Biden said on Monday he plans on running again, but added he's not prepared to announce it yet. Those comments came during a casual interview with U.S. broadcaster NBC prior to the <laughs> annual White House Easter Children's Party. He's going to beat me to it. Do you, do you think he knew he said that? <laughs> Thank you. I knew you were going to beat me to it. He you hasn't notice, been told what to you say notice, yet. Uh, Maybe there was, but I didn't see it. We didn't get any video of the Easter egg hunt. I don't think there was one. Oh, yesterday. I, yeah, there was. Yesterday. Oh, there was? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there didn't need to be video. It was live. On a TV Monday? When this happened. That's what it always is. Well, then the they, kids can have wait. Easter with their family. I have President Biden's announcement. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, dear Valerie. Happy birthday to you. Dear Easter Bunny. Remember last year somebody had to go and fetch him? He was wandering around. What was the bunny? Didn't the, the bunny, bunny had to say yeah. He looked just like a guy that had been at a kegger and was blackout drunk and wandering towards the river. Yeah. Go get him. Go get him. Hurry up. Biden right now is 80 years old. So let's say he runs for second term and wins. Oof. He'd be 86 when that second term is up. That's, that's well, kind of that's that can be young. That he can be fit and fiddle for that. I'm sure he's mentally qualified. Could be between did, higher uh, costs. Did your CP tell you to say right. that? <laughs> Was that your script? <laughs> He'll be or fine. Just, he's uh, he's sharp. Maybe Joe's just thinking. Hopefully for all of us. Yeah. Between higher costs and possible recession on the horizon, families say they feel increasingly strained financially. More than half or 58% of all Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck, according to the CNBC Your Money Financial Confidence Survey conducted in partnership with Momentive. Uh, and even more, roughly 70% said they feel stressed about their finances, mostly due to inflation, economic uncertainty, and rising interest rates. All of that according to the survey. Um, wait a minute. Yes, sir. We have some breaking news into the Garage Logic Town Council via Scott Matura. Yes. Hold up. Is this germane to anything? Wait a minute. No. Hold up. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Did we just hear our mayor break his own rule and say blah blah blah? Yes, you did. Ooh. Oh, but well, you're yeah. gonna get the that's yeah. so to go Lee Ely on these town council people. Don't they work? <laughs> Don't you have a job? <laughs> what the hell are you doing at the park? <laughs> Shouldn't you be studying the earth yeah. to see if there's going to be an earthquake in the next 10 minutes? I hope we get don't even have a job. Oh, God. Do yourself a favor if you haven't yet. Uh, watch the unedited version of oh, the Lee yeah. Elia tirade. The principal of a Massachusetts high school who was placed on leave and later left the job last year after referring to some students as asshats received $80,000 under a deal for her departure, according to a Mass Live report. The outlet reviewed a copy of the settlement between Northampton Public Schools and Principal Lori Valencourt, who had made the comment about a group of students in an internal communication that came to light in March of 2022. According to Mass Live, payroll records show the payment made Villancourt the highest paid Northampton employee last year. She earned $195,430 in 2022. Villancourt declined to comment to the publication about her settlement. And in Oregon on Friday, Laker Ridge Middle School was hosting a career day where parents and other community members could teach students about different jobs they huh. can pursue one day, maybe after school. Uh, well, things took a bad turn. Police say one of the presenters was 43-year-old Ellen Sowell. She was talking to a class when police say she got upset with the students, started swearing at them, oh. and at one point walked up and slapped one of the students in the face. Damn. Well, somebody had to. Right. 
Luckily, the student is okay, and the school reported the incident to police. Tom Harper of the Oswego Police Department said the day is supposed to be a day about learning about different careers and getting kids excited about what they can do in the future. But unfortunately, this is probably a day they won't forget for a different reason. Sal was escorted from the school before police got there, but she was later arrested for harassment and taken to the Clackamas County Jail. Once the speaker had been removed, both the seventh grade counselor, Mrs. Watt, and I visited the class to address the situation, according to uh, Chief Harper, with students to make ourselves available to kids should they want to talk but, more about the experience. But, John, she gave them experience as to what the real world is going to be like. People aren't going to take their S. I've never been slapped, Kenny. Well, Boy, I have. Doesn't, doesn't mean you didn't deserve it. Right. right. You just ran say, fast, John. I was going to say, and you keep telling me I'm you know, kind of a smart ass. So. John, thank you. You're welcome. Let's take the uh, Garage Logic time out. Just got a deal. You make a deal. <laughs> Doesn't uh, work. Okay. Here's the, the guy. The world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Sucheret. Uh, the Tri-State Bobcat family. They're all GLers. They're also one of the biggest Bobcat dealers in the United States since uh, 83. Many, many brands there. But what we like to talk about is the world-famous Toro, the bull, the leader in lawn care. There's pretty much a Toro mower for virtually every single application. Tiny lots, large acreage. Right now, Tri-State has a sale on last year's 54-inch time cutter zero turns with my ride suspension, $42.99. Current model year, 50-inch time cutter, $37.99. Did you hear me slip in the the, uh, the my ride suspension deal? I want I you to ch- that, yeah. check that unit out when you get there. They're amazing. Of course, you can see them all at tristatebobcat.com. Uh, and then Toro, we're talking about this a little more because Toro got into the battery-powered handheld equipment. They went all in. They did it right. They've got a 60-volt power pack that you wear on your back with the Toro Flex Force system. That runs the string trimmers, the hedge trimmers, and the leaf blowers. It's in backpack form. Very powerful. You can use this stuff all day long, fast charging times. And the Toro Hypercell battery systems, they actually run commercial-grade mowers with all-day run times. That's a lot of hours. It's amazing technology from Toro. And, uh, you know, if you're into it, it's worth looking into it, Tri-State Bobcat. Hudson, Little Canada, and Burnsville. Oh, and Mankeys down in Owatonna. And everything they sell at TriStateBobcat.com. Only... Got it. Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa. What's your problem? They come to us all the way from Milf, Milf Manor. Manor. That's what I was going to. All the way from Milf Manor. Marloth Park. Oh. oh. That's the next island. From the traveling lineman oh. at worldwidewaftage.com. Yeah, you're going to watch tonight, I know. Is it on tonight? It's on Sunday nights. TLC, you can probably record it. Was on this day, uh, yep. April eleventh, in in sixteen eighty. Sixteen eighty. How could you even count that as a day in Minnesota history? But sixteen eighty. 
something with the fur trade or discovering the Mississippi. You're right. Father Lewis Hennepin exploring the Mississippi north from Illinois by canoe Mm -hmm. was captured by a group of Dakota. During his captivity, he saw the Falls of St. Anthony, which he named for his patron saint. On July 25th, Daniel Graysalon, the Sieur Duluth, what does that mean? S-I-E-U-R. Rookie, you're the French person. S-I-E-U-R? The Sieur Duluth. Duluth. Arranged for Hennepin's release. I wonder what the Native American name for St. Anthony Falls was. Many ha-ha. No. That's dancing water. Daniel Graysalon... The Sieur Duluth. S I E U R. D E. No. Yeah, D U. And then another word, L U T H. Sieur Duluth. The head of Duluth, the owner of Duluth, the. Uh, and what year are we going on this? 1680. Okay. Daniel, All I asked you was what that meant. Daniel Grayson, Sieur Duluth, was a French shoulder and. A, soldier and explorer who was the first European known to have visited the area where the city of Duluth, Minnesota, United States, is now located, the head of Lake Superior in Minnesota. Sir Duluth. It was also it's, a trading post. Just his name, right? Yeah. Part of his name? Yeah, so it's his French oh, name. Oh, his name was Sir. His name was Sir. First name was Sir. Sir Duluth. Oh, isn't that Daniel Grayson? Take the train to Duluth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daniel Grayson comma, the Seer Duluth, comma. And I asked you what Seer meant, and you just read me lord. some gibberish. Like a lord, a uh, He was the a head knight. of Duluth. Yeah. He was, he was the, the grand Puba. Duluth. Yeah. What huh. does the train sound like? Duluth. Tootaloot. 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 I have an answer for... I have an answer for St. Anthony Falls. Okay. What do you got? Ojibwe called them Kakabika. Hmm. Okay. Severed rock. The Dakota used the term Minirara, curling water, and Owamena, falling Owamena. water. Owamena, Owamena, falling water. Oh. Uh, Migwitch, Kenny. Migwitch. Thank you very much, G. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you. Thank you. In a giveaway. That's right. That is going to do it for today's edition of Garage Logic. And if you could and haven't done so yet, please. Subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. Yes, because there we are posting daily content for your amusement. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, which include Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, let's see. Oh, the town council. Mike Fratelloni is here. How you doing, Reavers? It's so nice of you to offer a $10 Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Center gift card for all new subscribers. That's to the really Garage cool, Logic isn't it? Town it's like Council. I'm buying everyone's first. It's like the first one's on me. Fantastic. Uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. It is time once again to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again, and boy, now's the time for you to do the same. So don't delay. Pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Josh. And as always, you will always get straight talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice, and Josh is with us once 
once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, Josh, there is still worry about the Fed, but this happens to be a big earnings week, doesn't it? Chris, we've got a lot of things happening this week. And yes, the market is still concerned about the Fed and what the Fed is going to be doing with interest rates, particularly given some of the additional information that's going to be coming out this week. By tomorrow, we start with the Consumer Price Index report and whether that is going to be up or down on a month-to-month basis. Do bear in mind that the CPI is heavily weighted to housing data. That could be a little bit difficult to predict month to month. Now, from information that I have seen, housing prices have leveled off. Rent equivalents have come down in value somewhat, but there is still a shortage of housing, both in terms of single-family houses and in terms of apartments. You can see that, particularly single-family houses, in the results of the home builders, whether it's KB Homes as an example, and how they have they have performed. The price of energy has gone up a little bit, so that could be included, and that could also be a negative. Yet overall, I see inflation numbers coming down. As I'm sure you're aware, you know my views on the Fed is they have gone way too far and way too fast with their policies. We'll get additional information for the Fed on Thursday with the producer price index and more about consumer behavior on Friday with retail sales. And that's before Friday starts a really serious earnings parade with major banks reporting their numbers, including Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, Citibank, and then a regional player, TNC. Also that day is United Healthcare, and United Health has been on a tear, being one of the leading Dow components this year. When the banks report, and I'm not a bank investor, as I have stated previously, banks are going to face a tough, tough road to hoe, particularly given their investment book with interest rates up that pushes bond prices down. And on a mark-to-market basis, those bonds are going to be worth anywhere from 7 to about 15% worth less than they were a year ago. Not to mention, of course, some of the major banks and other banks, as they report, which would include the regionals, are sitting on loans whose prices would be underwater. And if they are big in commercial real estate market and have commercial mortgage-backed securities, those definitely are in a world of hurt. Commercial real estate cap rates have increased substantially, we'll say from about four and a half to about six and a half, and that has pushed down the values of the underlying real estate. Not to mention, of course, with rents coming up for renewal and companies reducing their office footprint, I would not be running out to buy banks with that kind of portfolio. Switching to what is has been working and what has been working year to date has been technology-related companies and particularly some of the semiconductor companies led by NVIDIA with it getting a big boost on the regenerative artificial intelligence and even yesterday getting another upgrade based on it being the primary beneficiary, at least the analysts believe so, of regenerative artificial intelligence. Other players have been doing well, including favorite AMD, 
which has seen a nice move up despite getting a downgrade this morning you know, from one analyst on concerns about cloud growth. Concerns about cloud growth would impact another favorite stock, which has been very frustrating for me and disappointing, that being Amazon. Amazon stock has been under fire for a while as growth in their Amazon Web Services seems to be constrained as companies reduce the allocation to cloud services. Should that change, that would give a boost to Amazon stock. And of course, Amazon could give a boost also by reducing some of their headcount and other operating expenses. Microsoft saw its stock come down uh, today for the same reason that it had been hurting Amazon, that being a downgrade on Microsoft due to slowing spending in their Azure cloud unit. So coming up, going to be a very interesting earnings season. And I do know that there are many financial techs saying, well, analysts haven't cut numbers and we're coming into an earnings recession, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I am of the belief that analysts have been busy cutting their numbers. And today we've seen several market strategists in a rush to cut their views on the S&P for the entire year. With the negative sentiment so high, I would tend to want to go against that by the dips. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, a number that will always give you straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. One more thing, Chris. Yes, sir. Don't forget to fund your IRA before before tax time. Absolutely. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.